Hi, welcome to the USF MSDS minicast, where we highlight current students and discuss their paths to the USF Master's in Data Science program and their thoughts on the program so far. Today's minicast episode is the student spotlight featuring Michelle Janey Coyle. Michelle, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here with you guys. Perfect. Let's jump right in. So could you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, of course. So before coming to the program, I worked in politics after graduating from undergrad. So I graduated in 2018 and went to work on a congressional race uh, for the midterms that year. And then after that, I moved back home to D.C., worked in fundraising, and then it, uh, I ended up at a polling firm doing some campaign strategy work um, there. So that's what I did before coming to this program. Wow, that's a very interesting, uh, unique kind of background. So can you tell us your journey of kind of discovering data science and what made you want to pursue it? Yeah, of course. Um, I think that it was a confluence of events um, that led me to data science. I've been interested in it for a long time, I think even before I graduated from undergrad, but I had this kind of view that I wanted to go into politics and kind of put my interest in data science on the back burner. But every so often, it would just it would come back to me this idea of being a little bit more analytically rigorous. Um, and I think every at every turn in in fundraising, and then again, um, as a campaign strategist, I think everywhere I looked, there were opportunities for data science, and I found that really interesting and really exciting. So when I was working at the polling firm, we used a social listening tool. And in that social listening tool, there was a feature for sentiment analysis, but no one used it because it was really bad, and it didn't get any of the tweets right. So you'd see a sentence that was obviously trying to be ironic, and it was saying that it was angry. So um, it, it was really interesting to see where data science is and where I think it can be. And that was really exciting to me. So um, I ended up finally officially pursuing data science because of all of the opportunities I saw for it to advance um, politics, but so many other things as well. Yeah, that's really cool. So you had kind of an early exposure to sort of, it sounds like NLP, natural language processing um, models um, through that, through your kind of political uh industry background. So do, do you see yourself kind of pursuing data science um, in application to that industry? Or are you more kind of open minded on, on where you want to be? Yeah, that's a great question. It's, it's something that I've been asking myself too. I think that um, I would definitely be interested in pursuing data science in polit the political arena. But I'm, I think I'm more interested now in NLP generally and applying it anywhere. I think it's fascinating and I think there are so many different avenues um, that are are exciting and are open for exploration that I wouldn't want to shut my down myself down to any, you know, any opportunity because there are just so many ways it can go. So yes and yes, I, I would love to explore into politics, but in, in lots of other things too. So when you did decide to go for data science, why did you ultimately choose USF? That is another great question. I think that USF um, offers so many offers so many unique opportunities um, 
I think as you both know that there are lots of these one-year data science programs that are coming to the front now. It seems like every school is kind of trying to jump on this data science train, but USF stood out to me for a couple of reasons. It, it is an older program, kind of older in air quotes, um, to a lot of the newer ones. So I think that it's proven itself. Um, I think that the faculty is experienced. They have a variety of experiences, and that was really exciting to me. I also really liked that USF seems to prioritize um, having equal or close to equal amount of women and men. I know that coming into data science, I was very intimidated. And I think that's one of the reasons I didn't pursue it sooner, even though I was interested in it. Um, I, I think that unfortunately I suffer from the quote unquote imposter syndrome sometimes. And I was worried that I would let myself be intimidated by my peers. And I think that being around other women in the field um, has been really helpful to me. And I think that it, that's proven itself. I, I like having um, women in my classes, not to say that my male classmates aren't awesome too, they are, um, but it's, it's really cool to be around um, a bunch of other women who are interested in the same things that I am. Um, and of course, USF is in San Francisco. And unfortunately, we're not able to be in person right now, but I think that the program being located where it is just kind of naturally gives the opportunities that programs located elsewhere wouldn't. Yeah, this idea of imposter syndrome is so prevalent in the tech field, especially. I remember Victor and I heading into this program, we were very nervous. And uh, but time and time again, through conversations with men and women alike in the program, these same feelings of uncertainty arise or hearing about people that are actually highly regarded in this field through podcasts speak about these same emotions um, surrounding imposter syndrome. It's, it's very intriguing. Yeah, that is really interesting. It's, it's kind of nice to hear that other people feel that way too. I think that is, that's been one of my experiences as well. It's like whenever we're in breakout rooms or talking about a class I'm scared about with someone else, they're like, oh yeah, me too. Like I'm worried about that test or I don't feel totally prepared. So that's been, that's been a comfort. And I think, um, I don't know if you all experience this, but being online, I was worried about not being able to connect. And I think that, of course, we're, we're not perhaps able to connect the way we would in person, but I, it's been really nice to still be able to speak with peers and to connect on that. And I think that that's helped my imposter syndrome too, um, is to just be able to speak with other people and know that I have the same anxieties um, as they do. It's been really nice. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. Like seeing everyone struggle around you and everyone like, in you know, staying up at night and coding all night and like, oh, how do you do this? How do you do that? Definitely makes you feel like, okay, I'm not the only one freaking out here. So it makes you feel better. So, okay. So stemming off of that, what has been your favorite class or project so far and why? So this is interesting. I don't think it would have been my answer at the beginning of the class, but now that we've gotten to the end, I think my favorite class so far has been data acquisition. Um, I think that it was the most challenging class I've faced so far, but I also think Professor Parr has a sneaky way of teaching you a lot of things by challenging you. Um, but I also think that he has a skillful way of 
scaffolding the course and the projects that we do in a way that really pushes you to learn, but also doesn't let you fail. If you, if you start the project early enough and you try and you're constantly pushing, um, at least my experience with that, I would find the answer in his notes if I, if I took the time to be thorough enough and to kind of decode um, the, the resources that were there, I was able to succeed. Um, and I think after the first project, I was, I was really scared. Um, but I think his course being project-based um, and really expanding my knowledge base a lot, um, it was, it was really exciting. It was really interesting. And I, I really enjoyed it. I think that I, I mean, maybe it's embarrassing to admit, but I didn't really know how the internet worked at all um, before that class. And now I don't think I know how it works completely, but I have um, a, a much greater understanding. And I, I really feel that now I, when I go on the internet and I, you know, Google something, um, if I, I have to decode HTML, um, maybe I don't know the tool, but I can, I can understand any tool that I'm introduced to after this because he pushed us to learn things for ourselves or, you know, learning Tweepy or, you know, something like that. Um, I think that was a long-winded way of saying that I really enjoyed that course. <laughs> you know it's it's funny because we, we've recorded several podcasts already and the ubiquitous answer has been data acquisition is my favorite course i don't really know if i got a good grade it was really hard but i definitely learned a lot so that is definitely very interesting it's 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 funny because that, that was my answer in the kind of the pilot episode too yeah it's it's definitely a course where you really kind of apply a lot of this knowledge and you kind of see oh the, this is a course where it's kind of a pivotal in my opinion kind of a pivotal um transition from a more theoretical um understanding to okay now i can apply this and i can see how useful this is i can actually acquire data from the internet i have tools in my disposal to actually get the data and put it into this format and then from there i know what to do with it with my other courses so it's definitely like a kind of a transitionary course in that sense so that that's really interesting yeah, I would I would absolutely agree. And like I said, I was I'm interested mostly in NLP, and I thought it was really cool to be able to be introduced to the basics of some NLP techniques um, this early on in the program. Um, I thought that was really cool for me too. So, so would you say the type of projects you're excited to work on surround NLP, or what kind of projects are you excited to work on in the future? Yeah, I think that NLP is what I'm most excited about right now. I think that I wouldn't, you know, close myself down from anything. I think it's all fascinating. I think that there's lots of really interesting new um, projects that are happening everywhere in the field. But uh, I think language and, um, and like I mentioned, sentiment um, are, are really fascinating challenges that I think the field hasn't found the solution to yet. But I, I imagine that strides will be made um, in the coming years, which is exciting. Yeah, it's difficult for humans to even understand irony and sarcasm through text sometimes, uh, and especially across languages, I'd imagine, with, with idioms. So I think these are very important and relevant challenges in NLP right now. Yeah, absolutely. That is 
it's so true. I think that we think of um, people anal uh, think of maybe we say that you know Python is it's a it's a language um, kind of like how you learn a foreign language, and you know those aren't a perfect analogy, but it it when you start actually thinking about um, verbal language and like human languages that we speak to each other you see how different they really are from like a coding language because Python is Python and it's, you know, it has a syntax and it, it's pretty cut and dry. Of course, you can be as amazingly creative as your mind allows you to be. But um, spoken language is always changing and evolving and we use it in so many different ways um, to create so many different things. It's, it's really different. So um, it's a huge challenge to be able to code and understanding of it. Yeah, definitely. In our prior education in cognitive science, we took a few classes trying to figure out language and how babies or toddlers are able to develop a sense of understanding. And there is this consensus that we still don't really know how humans end up learning grammar or syntax because the amount of input that gets in to, to, to toddlers or babies, it's not enough um, to kind of represent how they actually, how sophisticated they are with their language initially. And I think it's really cool using neural networks and machine learning algorithms because um, what they really found was just putting in a lot of input magically forms this sense of understanding without any sort of logical train of how this had come to be. So the, the algorithms, we might not fully understand it all the time, but um, <laughs> the application's really powerful. That's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So um, obviously a big part of this program is the practicum. Can you tell us kind of where you were placed for the practicum and, and describe sort of the project? Yeah, absolutely. So I was placed at LexisNexis, and I think um, I, I'm going to be on their data science team. And there are um, lots of different projects that I am going to be able to be a part of. I don't think that it's been completely flushed out um, what I'm going to be working on. Uh, and I think that it'll it'll evolve as um, as I'm there. Um, but one of their main focuses is NLP um, and dealing with legal documentation. So I'm really excited to be able to learn um, from those data scientists their uh, real world um, applications of the NLP techniques that uh, we've been talking about. So I'm really, really excited about um, getting the opportunity to work there and learn from them. Perfect. That sounds like a very interesting project. So on a different note, obviously this program changed a lot uh, because of the unfortunate, unfortunate circumstances of COVID. Can you tell us kind of what are your favorite leisurely activities to do amidst this pandemic? Yeah, of course. I guess my favorite leisure activity is hanging out with my dog, taking him on runs, um, walks, and kind of forcing him to cuddle with me. He's He's not a very cuddly dog. He doesn't like, <laughs> he loves pets, but he doesn't like to <laughs> hugs or anything like that. So I've been slowly trying to, <laughs> to encourage him to like <laughs> hang out with me more. But um, yeah, I'd say 
kind of a boring answer, but hanging out with my dog is like the big thing. Um, and I guess just trying to get outside when I can, I think the program has been a challenge in that way because I can spend like, you know, 18 hours sitting at my desk, um, not looking out of a window and I guess having him around has been helpful in getting outside and, you know, reminding myself that there is indeed life outside of the MSDS program. <laughs> yeah, I always think of this whole philosophical picture in my head. What are, what are they called? These, the time lapse, I imagine the time lapse behind me recording me at my desk, seeing sunrise and the sunset and how depressing <laughs> that picture looks. So I completely understand what you're talking about. Yeah, especially now that the sun is setting at like 4.30 in the afternoon, you like you sit down to work in the morning and then you finally get up and the sun is down and yeah, the time lapse would be pretty, uh, pretty boring for anyone watching mine. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, d dogs definitely help. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times like after a, a, a project I did or something like that, I come up to Mocha and I'm like, oh, Mocha, please love me right now I'm, I'm not in a good place <laughs> yeah they're, for, they're for hours the emotional support is necessary and much appreciated yeah they they definitely I've I've gotten more um from being home and being around Ruben than I think he's probably gotten I think he doesn't get to go with his dog walker anymore which is sad for him but <laughs> good for me that's awesome Okay, Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time again. Really appreciate it. Had a great conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been great speaking with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of USF MSDS Minicast. <laughs>